0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We bring him in now from CBS 58, our good buddy Kevin Holden. Kevin, how you doing, pal?
1: Man, it's a, it's another Friday. Uh, I'm, I'm sinking a little deeper into the non-sports despair I'm, making dad jokes on Twitter and and trying to break down every draft picks like eighth grade film. But you know what? We're we're having something. This draft really did give us something to talk about, didn't it?
0: Uh, It did, at least here in our own backyard in a big, big way. Uh, So here's the next question. I just had Andrew Brann on, and he said, you do not draft a first-round quarterback to sit or to be traded away. He will play, and that the clock is ticking on Aaron Rodgers. So most of us believe that. There's different scenarios that maybe could happen, but uh, my assumption is that you're like everybody else. You believe Aaron Rodgers, his numbers, uh, his days are numbered in Green Bay.
1: I mean, I think I think eventually that's something that you could look at, but I think it's – and I wish I was around Wisconsin in 2005 when Rodgers was drafted because I'd be curious to know how people felt in that moment about Favre because he spent three more years with the franchise. I think – you know if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers spending three more years with the with the Packers that's still a legitimate thing i mean i think he's got a chance to do something big for these you know these three years i think there the shift in, in how they approached their personnel in this draft what they did uh, you know with helping out in the backfield and getting a guy like Josiah DeGuara that can play in these different positions if Aaron Rodgers can throw against a stacked box if the, if the box can be stacked more often uh, that's he's only going to help him at this stage in his career. And he hasn't shown a, a marked drop-off in numbers. But, but anyway, I'm straying from the point, which is it is a first-round pick, it is a quarterback, and it is a strikingly similar situation to 2005. So there's some point down the road where, where this transition probably happens. I just don't think it's – it's not this year. It's not next year unless something terrible happens to Rodgers. It's probably three years away, maybe more
0: um like you said unless something terrible happens you hope at that point in time that you at least know whether or not Jordan loves your guy you know what I mean well yeah
1: that's and that is a big big part of it and you know the early part of Aaron Rodgers career there were a few games that were out of hand and they let him play and it was a small amount but he had a chance to play a little bit here and a little bit there and and the Packers had a a fair idea. I remember going into Rodgers' first season as a starter in 2008. The consensus was, this dude's good. And, and he had not been severely tested in the battles of a, a regular season game, but he had had enough of exposure uh, for people to know what he was. And, and I think you'll see the same thing with Jordan Love. You're going to see games uh, where the Packers are up by enough, or you know, I'd, probably in a case or two maybe where they're down by enough, that you'll see Jordan Love late in the game. And, uh, and he will get the chances. That, I agree with you that, that you don't take a guy like that in the first round and just let him watch and nothing else over the course of these years. Uh, so I think you'll see some stuff from, from Love. I don't know about in this first year, maybe one or two late-game appearances, nothing more, but you'll see something from him.
0: So uh, we find out that we are going to get NASCAR back. Uh The first sport really to announce that it's coming back. They're going to do it without fans. Uh, They're going to run a condensed schedule. We're going to have something, anything that's going to be on television now that uh, you're going to be able to kind of follow and follow. This may be a great thing. This may be the reason NASCAR is doing it, because their popularity has fallen off over the last few years. And uh, now they're going to be the one that everybody's going to be watching because something is now back, and those personalities can start to rise. Good
1: move or bad move for NASCAR? I think it's a great move for NASCAR. Now, you do have to be safe, obviously. Uh, NASCAR is a little bit of a different situation in that the athletes, if you, if you know, I know there's a debate as to whether NASCAR drivers are athletes. The participants in the sport are inside of something else. You know, in football and baseball and basketball, the athletes collide with one another. The participants in NASCAR are inside of machines. And, and so you have a, a built-in distance that comes from that. So they, they did have that advantage. I think you hit it spot on about NASCAR wanting to take advantage of an opportunity right now. And I think the entire month of May is about to be about this. If I'm looking in my COVID-19 crystal ball, I think the next three weeks or so are going to be about how the leagues respond to what the future looks like, what you know, Major League baseball's come up with stuff day after day about how the schedule could play out, whether it's in Texas and Florida and Arizona, or whether it's home stadiums and how they do spring training and that sort of thing. The NFL is uh, about a week away from releasing its schedule, we believe. So I think all of the sports are about to do that. And someone, some sport had to be the first one to take the step. Uh, Again, I, I am all about doing this when it's safe. If it is not safe, I don't want to do it. But If NASCAR is doing this and the NFL comes up with a system that makes it viable and it releases a schedule, I think you're going to see the other sports quickly fall in line because they're all competing for the sports fans' attention. NASCAR is going to get a nice piece of the fans' attention the rest of May and into June, and if baseball and basketball can get back safely, uh, it's going to be supported and and enjoyed like like never before. I think even if there are no fans in the stadiums, it's still going to be huge.
0: If they pull this off in the first couple of weeks, and minimally risk the drivers, the teams, the those that are putting on the broadcasts, uh, how quickly do you see Major League Baseball and the NBA go? Okay, we're back.
1: Yeah, they, I think they they accelerate the timetable, or at the very least, they get out of the the uh, possibility phase because that's what we're in right now, right? Like every day, you say, you you hear a different twist on a plan, but you don't hear the plan. You just hear these twists. So I think once if NASCAR on May 17th runs out and then three or four days later, it runs out and it's good to go. And it goes to Charlotte and it does well. uh, We're going to enjoy the heck out of it with Matt Kenseth behind the wheel for the first time in five years. Uh, If that happens and it's a safe thing, then those plans, if they aren't rolled out already, they're going to be rolled out rapidly. And, And in baseball's case, I think by then they may have a framework in place, and they might roll that out right about the same time that first race happens in Darlington, that's May 17th. You're talking about three weeks of spring training and an opening day around July 1st. That, that seems, based on the numbers, based on the curves, again, unless you get a spike uh, that, that changes things, that seems pretty reasonable to me. July 1st seems like a reasonable date to start with stuff. No fans, but at least they can play.
0: Uh, talking with uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58, the sports director there uh, here in Milwaukee. Um, now we get on to baseball, and I know baseball, they keep tinkering with different ideas. First it was, we're going to take everybody to Arizona. Then it's going to be, we're going to be in Arizona and Florida. Now it's going to be, let's put together an abbreviated spring training, get everybody back in their ballparks. They've got a three division, which I, you know what, why didn't they just go American League and National League Central play one another?
1: That'd be, I mean, what? that's that's essentially where, where you should be, right? That's 10 teams, right?
0: You would assume, yeah.
1: Yeah, So, you, and you're talking about geographically a really good idea. I, I know there were a couple of things they wanted to do. <clears throat> One of them was, and, and you can tell a little bit of baseball's inner workings with the way they built the three, team, three divisions, because they put the Pirates and Phillies together. And I think the Pirates and Phillies have been upset for a long time that they've not been in the same division because – it avoids or it, it keeps this rivalry from happening within the state. They're in the same league, but not in the same division. So, I, I think I think basically somebody listened to the Pirates. Pirates probably got loud about it, and somebody listened to it, and because of it, you have the Atlanta Braves in with the Central, which doesn't make right. any sense at all. I mean, now, the fans in Atlanta. You know, when I was a kid, the, the Atlanta Braves are in the National League West. I, I just I thought maybe we. So were the Reds. Yeah, right? It was Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Houston in the West. Like, we should have had a Central in baseball a decade at least before we did. Anyway, I, I'm with you. I think the 10 teams in the in the Central uh, could have played each other. Here's, here's a, a wrinkle, by the way, that I think would make this more interesting. If you're going to have spring training in your home parks, I think you have two teams to a site, and they are rival teams. So in this case, it's pretty simple. Twins come down, twins and brewers – do their spring training at Miller Park. There are two clubhouses. There's two sets of everything. So the Indians and Reds do this. The Cardinals and Royals do this. So that there is at least some – for one, you get to go against somebody else in spring training, but there's also a buzz because it's a, quote, rival team in town for three weeks. I think that would be kind of a cool idea.
0: Yeah, I think it would be neat. Plus, uh, I think at that point in time, do we then see the permanent indoctrination of the DH? I don't want to see it, but I think we're going to see it probably sooner rather than later.
1: It's funny you—you you can always tell who who grew up in National League cities, and you and I both did, right? Uh, because I am—I am with you. I just there's there's a part of me, a traditionalist, a get off my lawn part of me that does not want to see the DH instituted universally. With that being said, I think it'll probably happen eventually. I think, uh, I think the American League does well with it, and I think. There's there's some understanding that uh, it can help from a player standpoint. It can help because it's an extra hitter on a team and an extra salary on a team. From a strategic point, it helps in that uh, managers don't have to burn as many pitchers because the pitcher spot doesn't come up in the batting order. And you know, right now, changing pitchers is one of the hot button topics of why they're trying to speed up games. So. Reluctantly, I think it's going to happen. You, you and I can can live on in the in the, in the non-DH world in our minds, but I do think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of being cerebral when it comes to baseball, and and I know a lot of people don't. They just want to see the action, long you know, chicks dig the long ball and all that kind of stuff. But I I love pitching matchups, lefties and righties, and what they're doing, and and i have just you know, I don't know. There, it seems like a lot of things that I hate to say that were old school, but things that were the basic building blocks of baseball are changing because the attention span of the average fan is decreasing uh, in today's society uh, kevin it's always great i'm sure we're going to be doing nascar roundup before it's all said and done but uh we will touch a base again soon pal and keep posting the food pics
1: oh that's my wife's department well, unless you're talking about that one microwave kfc thing I yes that, that was yeah i
0: saw that that was funny <laughs> no
1: she's She's so the one making the the real stuff, the stuff that's actually nutritious. I'm the one lopping grease on something and throwing it in a microwave.
0: And the thing, well, that's coming from Georgia, my friend. That's the way they do it. So appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. There you go. Kevin Holden from CBS 58. Yeah, the other day on Facebook, he had slaving away over a hot microwave for 42 seconds. And he had all the KFC, the potatoes and the gravy and the biscuits and everything just shoved into a plate. It was great. Kevin joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.